0: What if I told you that your store was dumb? Let me rephrase that. What if I told you that your store could be a little smarter? I'm talking about Bold's new app, The Brain. In the brief period, it's been live. It's been making a massive amount of money for stores. So The Brain is this app that uses machine learning to make your store smarter. And one of the ways it works today is by displaying recommended products on your store beside any other product. Not just the dumb, these things are in a collection together, but actual recommendations based on purchase data. It's probably already the best recommended products app for Shopify, and they're just getting started. So my favorite feature actually has nothing to do with with that. It's their integration with their other apps, and specifically their product upsell app. So if you have both, it makes your upsell offers smart. So you've got product upsell installed, you install Bold Brain, and now imagine this. Upsell offers just create themselves, but not just automatically get created. They get better than you could ever create them yourself because they're based on this machine learning data. The results from the early adopters are in too. And some stores are seeing more conversions in a month than they used to see in an entire year. Now, here they've got a couple other integrations coming down the pipe, too. It integrates with Recurring Orders app and the Loyalties app. So you should check it out now. I guarantee that machine learning in e-commerce is going to be huge, and the stores that adopt it now will have the advantage. Bold's Brain app is simply the easiest way to do that. It's free. You can install it right now by going to brain.boldapps.net. That's brain.boldapps.net. Additional support for the unofficial Shopify podcast, comes from SEO Manager. You already know the benefits of SEO. The higher you rank in search, the more visitors you get, and more visitors means more sales, which means more money in your pocket. But how do you do it? That's where SEO Manager comes in. It helps Shopify store owners get found in search engines more easily, and it's trusted by thousands of store owners. No surprise there, it's equal parts power, innovation, and ease of use. Think of SEO Manager as your optimization toolbox. Here's some examples. It can scan your site for issues, offer keyword suggestions, add structured data support, analyze missing pages and redirects, and even integrate with Kit, plus a ton more tools to help you be easily found in Google searches. Best of all, it's easy to get started. You can get started in minutes, and their friendly support team is always on standby if you need help. Seriously, I have met them, they are the best. And as a special offer to you, you can get 10% off SEO Manager forever when you sign up at seomanager dot com slash unofficial that's seomanager dot com slash unofficial
1: It's a lot of pressure
0: it is a lot of pressure. On today's episode of the unofficial Shopify podcast, we are talking to an extraordinary and semi-famous fashion designer, clothing designer, who has been designing clothes for over 20 years. Laura Petrelli-Police showcases things on another level, and we'll get to that part. But she has managed to tap into all levels of markets and has grown a business creating handmade original designs in California with extraordinary materials. But they now, her brand, Vex Clothing, holds the status of being one of the world's most trend-setting and creative fashion design companies. Her designs have been worn by, get this, Lady Gaga, Nicki Minaj, Beyonce, Katy Perry, and Dita Von Teese. There's a slight hint in what we may be dealing with here there. Vex has also graced the pages of a variety of respected fashion magazines, such as Vogue, W, Interview Magazine, and more. It gets better. Are you not impressed yet? Police was also a runner-up on a Bravo fashion competition show. Yes, we got another reality TV star here. Style to Rock, hosted by Rihanna, if you saw that show. Her garments are luxury latex attire. I didn't want you to prejudge this on the basis that she uses... And exotic material, latex. Uh, so I led with with the celebrities and the shows and magazines and all that good stuff first. Laura, when did you when did you get started with this? How long have you been playing with latex? I have been playing with latex
1: for twenty years, maybe even longer, because I started messing around with it in college in the late nineties. How did how did this happen? <laughs> so uh, in Chicago, there was. A store called the Ninety Ninth Floor, and I bought my first rubber dress there.
0: Where and was? What neighborhood was this in? That's like Belmont. Okay. Area like near Belmont where, Clark.
1: Where the alley was. Okay.
0: Right yeah, anyone there. who's in like '80s and '90s in Chicago yeah. <laughs> as a teenager is well familiar with this area. Yeah. That's where the cool kids went, to be punk.
1: Absolutely. So I bought my first rubber dress there. My mom actually bought it for me. I probably was like 16, 17. Thanks, Mom. (laughs) And (laughs) did. (laughs) And when I went to fashion school in New York, um, uh, that's a whole other. Like, I had no idea what I was going to do in high school. They... You know, try and steer you in a direction of what you want to be when you grow up, and I had no idea. But I knew I liked, how, liked to dress up and just play with what I was wearing, so I decided to go to fashion school. So I ended up in New York and learned leather techniques, and I specialized in lingerie in design school, and then I found a latex designer that I interned with. And that is how I learned the craft of latex clothing.
0: I think there's an interesting lesson here. And that's, like, A, it's kind of fundamentally ridiculous that we put this pressure on teenagers who are, (laughs) like, functionally not yet adults and they're not children. And we're like, hey, buddy... I know, like, you've never worried about a mortgage or particularly understand how interest (laughs) rates work. But, by the way, I need you to figure out what you're going to do for the next 60 to 70 years. Seriously, it's a lot of pressure. And what you said was, well, I had an interest and I had, like, really a, a thing I wanted to explore. So I think... At that age, it's uh, the best thing parents could do to enable entrepreneurship is be like, look, explore your hobbies and interests. Yes, And that's kind of like you flat out said, hey, my mom bought me my first rubber dress. Well, look what that turned into. (laughs) She bought you a rubber dress. At no point was she did she think, man, I'm going to dress she's going to be dressing celebrities equivalent to Madonna. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they didn't have Lady Gaga then. Right. right? But that's what that like. That's ultimately what kicked that off. Yeah, I never really thought about that. It is
1: crazy. It is crazy. So when I hang up with you, I'm going to call my mom and thank her.
0: (laughs) She'll appreciate it. And then she'll post that on Facebook for her friends. Absolutely. Uh, Okay, so you went to – so you you discovered this this interested passion. You went to fashion school, explored it, trained, then interned with a designer who worked with latex. And so you discovered, like, this is kind of interesting. What was it that made you go – all right, this is for me. I, like, I have a skill with this material.
1: Um, <clears throat> While I was working there, uh, she hired me. And I just, I love the material, I thought, because I was going to fashion school. I was, she was a fetish designer. So it was primarily just used for fetish interests. <clears throat> but me being going to fashion school, I thought, well, I'm going to incorporate this in my projects and, and make it a more fashion-oriented material. And I just, I really loved it. I don't know. I, and I was good at it. I, I can sew, and I'm really good at sewing and making clothes out of normal fabrics, and I dabbled in that a little bit. But it just, everybody's always so into the material that my latex clothing just sold so much better than the fabric materials that I was making. And
0: I th- at the t- time, I don't know what impact this had, but today, you know, in in a an age where we're we're often wondering like, why wow, is this Instagrammable? The allure of latex is it photographs really well? Like, yeah. it's these very, it shows these very primary colors really well, and it makes uh, dramatic lighting because it's shiny. Um, so, in like your Instagram is extraordinary because it's all these very striking photos from professional photographers with huge A list celebrities. It's very cool. Thanks. <laughs>
1: That's that's all I have. A, a, I don't handle the Instagram. Thank goodness. It's been many years. So I have to pat somebody else on the back for that one.
0: Well, it, it, it's very cool. Uh, you're working with latex and then you're incorporating these ideas you learn in design school. So you're starting to combine like, all right, this thing, this material that was relegated to fetish wear to and then combining it with these these high fashion concepts. Where do you go from there? And was that kind of a novel idea at the time?
1: so at the time yes I mean there were some some designers like Terry Mugler or Jean-Paul Gaultier that were dabbling in latex and that's those are major Paris you know names for the fashion industry Um, but I would I would path on to be kind of the first in the series of designers that would use it as more fashion oriented and kind of steering it away from the fetish.
0: What encouraged you to keep going? How did you know like man I got something I'm onto something here. this is a good idea.
1: <sighs> I don't know. I mean when when I graduated, so my, my husband now, but my boyfriend at the time, um, we have been get- together since high school. so he was still in Chicago. And I knew that I didn't want to stay in New York. So there's not much of a fashion industry in Chicago. So when I moved back, I was like, well, what can I, what am I supposed to do? (laughs) So, and the internet was just starting. So I started a website and I made my first samples for the latex line while I was a senior in college so that when I got back to Chicago, I could just launch it and see where it went and
0: here i am now and what when you (laughs) launched this first website when would that have been
1: oh my god um it would have been 1999
0: last year it's cutting-edge stuff that's 21 years ago
1: (laughs) when you say it it seems so long yes it was a long time ago i mean the internet there was no Shopify. You had to code everything. And I, I don't, I found somebody to help me and oh, it was horrible. The the pictures we took in my first apartment in Chicago with like construction lights and just some <laughs> random model we found. It was, it was horrible. And a friend of mine who was a lawyer who had happened to have a, a camera took the pictures. It was so it was
0: really bad, but that's, that's what you do when you're starting <laughs> out. It's like, All right, what do we have access to? What could we do? And like in 1999, it's a lot harder to access a lot of this oh, stuff. Yeah. like construction lights. That's sure. a that's a great hack. I did that <laughs> 15 years ago when I wanted to be a photographer.
1: It, it was really it gave really bad lighting.
0: <laughs> it's very harsh. It is, and the colors wrong. Yeah, it's not it was... not, and the halogens really hot.
1: And I don't even think I got any orders off of that website for many years, but I had it <laughs> just in case.
0: <laughs> so you've got a you're doing the design. You've got your own brand. You've moved. You've got a website, and you're not getting orders. Why keep going with this? <laughs> so I
1: I bartended. Um, I was a bartender at Coyote Ugly. Oh, I cool. worked for random designers, just making extra cash. And I don't know. I just I loved it. You're and committed. I, It was, I committed, I committed fully (laughs) and I wasn't turning back. In my eyes, what else was I going to do? (laughs) This was it.
0: I guess that's a good point. It's like, listen, I've gone this far. I may as well keep going and see where it takes me. Like it's not a (laughs) fail until you quit. You haven't failed.
1: Yes. Yes. And that's, and every, I still to this day think that, well, what else am I going to (laughs) do? I've only done this for over 20 years. Who's going to hire me?
0: <laughs> well, at this point, I think you're, you're probably selling yourself short. I'm sure you're a hot commodity. Um, um, so at what point do you end up, what, or at what point does this business start taking off where you go, all right, committing to this was a good idea?
1: I would say probably around 2009, 2010, I was doing it full time, 100%.
0: So it was just slowly oh, stacking yeah. the bricks, building awareness. Yeah. Okay. It feels
1: like it was slow.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's how it goes.
1: You know, I'm good with slow and steady. Because I have a, I, I always had this feeling that everybody that explodes in the beginning just disappears.
0: There is an advantage to it building steadily. Like, it's much harder to have curveballs come at you um, and then have the whole thing implode on itself. Where right. when you have that like overnight success, you're right. I think that does that can, can take people down. When does the TV show happen? Tell me about the TV show.
1: <sighs> I can't remember what year it was, but it was somewhere probably around that time. So 2011, I'm going to guess. I have no idea. Um, at some points I tried to block out that whole, that whole time in my life <laughs> of filming, Um But they had approached me, Rihanna was doing this TV show, and I I ignored the first few emails and they kept emailing and then somebody called and they caught me on the phone. And I was like, yeah, I guess I'll try. And I had to submit a video and then they called me in for interviews and then they flew me out to LA. And then the next thing I knew, I was getting locked up in a hotel room. They took my cell phone and I was filming for six weeks.
0: So they they've got this idea for a show that in concept is similar to Oh shit, what's the Tim Gunn show? Project Runway. Project So this is like a similar concept to that.
1: Yes. So and funny thing was, the first season of Project Runway, I made it about three quarters of the way through that. Vetting process, so I could have been on that show, but I guess I wasn't TV
0: material they chased you on this show it sounds like like they recognized you and knew like this is this is the person
1: they wanted latex on the show I brought a good element so the concept was a very good concept where the designers would be designing costumes for musicians for rock stars where it I think failed in my eyes is that we didn't have that many rock stars (laughs) on the show. (laughs) Um, We had Kylie Minogue and a few others, but, and Rihanna was there every now and again. But for the most part, we had a Kardashian that was going to the Grammys and it was very random. It could have been much better. Well, and I signed a a lot of paperwork. I signed my life away, so there's a lot of things I probably can't say. <laughs> All those NDAs
0: have to expire at some point. Those ten years
1: I'm, ago, I, you know who knows. I guess I, I met a, a good a, a, some really good friends and connections to the industry, um, which has helped me.
0: At that, when you were on that show, at that point, had you designed for celebrities yet? I had, but very a very small amount. And so, do you think the show was like the The big outcome from the show was, was it PR or was it the network?
1: I would say networking is that I met Mel Ottenberg, who is Rihanna's stylist um, and a really, really famous stylist. So, and I, I, we, you know, kind of became friends. So that's, he helped me a lot um, and recommended me for jobs, which is great, or hired me for jobs after which is even better. Um, I don't think a lot of people watch the show. I did visiting New York a couple times, had people stop me because they recognized me from the show. Which Oh, that's cool. It only happened a couple times, but when it does, you're like, are you serious? Were you like the only person that watched that show? <laughs> but, you know, I forget that people actually watched it. Like people were into it because it was Rihanna's show. But for me, it was just like it was six weeks out of my life.
0: so like what's the thing you think people would be most surprised by about a reality tv experience
1: well they 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 did take my cell phone i had my business up and running i had to hand it over to my assistant um i could not have any aspects of involvement in my business it was just the tv show so i had no i couldn't talk to my family i had a daughter who was three at the time um, and I had to unplug from everybody for six weeks. That'd be which very was, hard. It was very hard. It was really hard. When I finally got my phone back, I probably had about 100 voicemails from my husband, my daughter, and my family. I'm like, are you okay?
0: What, did they not know where you were going?
1: <laughs> well, they knew I was going to L.A., but that's pretty much all they knew. It was very secretive. Hmm.
0: I did not realize like the level of, of secrecy and, and being sequestered here.
1: Yeah, I mean, they picked me up from the hotel room, and I had to hand over any kind of telephones or anything that I might have had, computers, and that was it. Other than that, I mean, being there and working and being creative and not having to w- worry about anything else in my life, they had catering. They had anything I needed was already taken care of. All I had to do was work, create, and concentrate on winning. That part of it I loved. I loved every minute of that. I had zero responsibility other than creating and be, being creative.
0: I've heard that about um, being on a set is that it it be it's otherworldly and that everything is taken care of for you. And so it could yeah. be very seductive in that sense.
1: Yeah, it's I mean, there's a there's everybody says when you're on set hurry up and then wait. There's a lot of that g- goes on. It takes forever to do a 2 second scene. So, in that aspect it's pretty boring, but they the parts that we were working and making things, I mean, we were in the studio working probably 10 to 12 hours a day. Wow. Hmm. And at that point, there's just cameras following you around. It's not a big deal. But when you actually have to do the scenes where you're on the runway, that stuff takes forever.
0: And so the f- big thing to come out of this for you is like, a you've you've got the network, you've got some social proof there. And like I'm sure I'm sure that got dropped in in many conversations. Like oh, I was on this TV show with Rihanna. Uh. Yeah, like, how it's do something you not? that
1: I, <laughs> in the beginning, yes, it's something that I don't even hardly mention anymore. <laughs> It's irrelevant now, pretty much.
0: I know when you first brought it up to me when we were talking um, months ago, your it very much sounded like this this embarrassing thing you didn't <laughs> want to mention.
1: A little bit, you know. It was, you know. I guess if it would have taken off and it was more like of a project runway, I would probably be a little bit more open about it. It was fun, though. You know, it's a part of my life. I'm not going to hide it, but
0: I did it. I would have it like tattooed on my neck. <laughs> <Like> a... <laughs> Ask me about reality TV. That's a horrible thing to do. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So from that that show, clearly that, that opened up doors for you.
1: Yeah. I mean, not, it wasn't like an explosion. Again, slow and steady. You know, I made a couple connections. I made some really great friends. Um, but I was still in Chicago. And I went back to Chicago. And it's hard to... Be creative, and it's hard to have a creative company in Chicago in fashion. I was in the wrong spa- spot.
0: And is so, po- after the show, which that happened in LA, was that the time where you went, Man, all right, I gotta go. We need to go to LA, yes,
1: and no. So, my husband and I talked about it over and over again, and we were going to LA a lot, anyways, because. My husband loves to surf. Um, we're always in the mountains, snowboarding, camping. So we would come out to to L.A. a lot, every three months maybe. Um, but it was many years till we actually did it. Till he found a job, and he was like, "Okay, we got to go in like three months." So we we have a house in Chicago still, um, and we just we rented it out and left. <laughs>
0: And the, how long ago was that, that you moved to L.A.? Uh, three and a half years ago. And at what point did you start uh, getting access to and designing for celebrities?
1: The minute I landed here, Beyonce's stylist, which I had worked for a little bit in Chicago, had contacted me. And I said, oh, I just moved to L.A. And she goes, fantastic. And then I did the whole tour. It Whoa. was it, First month that I had moved here, and then it—I'm not exaggerating. From that point on, I have been working with celebrities since.
0: And so, really, like it sounds to me, like there are two core components to your business: it's uh, working with celebrities, making like custom custom couture for celebrities, so costume wear stuff for uh, touring for shows for magazines, and then and even like social media. And then also your direct-to-consumer sales, where you're taking, yeah. which comes first? Like oh, Are you reselling the pieces? Re- like <laughs> what, what goes on here? So
1: I have yearly collections, or th- what happens is sometimes it's every two years, because I'm so busy sometimes doing the celebrity stuff, I don't get to do the collections. Um, th- and that's what we sell on the website. And people can contact me for custom work on via the website as well. So we have those sales and then I have the sales for the tours of the celebrities or the custom work um for that sort of thing. So it's it's one entity but it's also two entities because you know the sales that go through the website are through the website and then I have the custom work that doesn't go through the website. Hold up.
0: What do sophisticated Shopify brands like Chubby's, Nomad and Blender's Eyewear all have in common? How about my biggest clients like Hoonigan or KeySmart? One thing, they all rely on Klaviyo, the growth marketing platform chosen by the brands you love. Heck, I love it. With a dedicated team of experts and a platform that consumes more data than any other on the market, that tight Shopify integration, Klaviyo helps you own the customer experience and grow higher value relationships. And the results speak for themselves. Brands have made more than $3.7 billion in revenue. That's billion with a B through Clavio in the last year alone. From a shopper's first impression to each subsequent purchase, Clavio understands every interaction, empowering brands to create more personalized marketing moments. When you have a 360 degree view of the customer, the growth possibilities are endless. Visit slash unofficial. That's K L A V I Y O dot com slash unofficial to learn more and start your free trial talk to once you had beyonce as a client which is wild does that open doors is just become like the are the floodgates open come on in what occurs well, next
1: before beyonce was gaga so but i did gaga when i was still in chicago so i did her whole um art pop tour wow prior to leaving chicago and the funny thing is is the girl that was running wardrobe, um, she went to resurrection with me and she happened to find out that I was doing latex and she happened to be working in the wardrobe for Lady Gaga. And she called me.
0: Oh, so this had nothing to do with all of this tremendous success. You just happened to go to the same (laughs) private high school.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, she had heard that I was on a TV show and, um, She's like, "Hey, would you want to do that?" And I was like, "Yeah, totally in. <laughs> so um, and we I was made this- say no to gaga. Yeah, I know right? <laughs> so, and we made these inflatable octopus costumes for her art pop tour, which were pretty insane.
0: What's the one piece you're most proud of, the one where you went like that we pushed the envelope, and that that's the craziest darn thing I've ever made.
1: One hundred percent, it's always gaga, one hundred percent. Um, but yeah, the octopus outfits I did for Gaga and the jacket I made her for her Enigma tour in Vegas that she's in now are probably my two most favorite pieces ever created. Hmm. And probably because those were pieces that we came up with and I said, how the fuck am I going to make this? (laughs) I had no idea. (laughs) And then we just kind of do it. And then when it's done, you're like, huh, we did it.
0: You know, I I love hearing about people's creative mindset and kind of how they approach things. Because there are are plenty of projects where people have approached us. And we go, all right, we think we could do that. We've (laughs) never done anything like that. The individual pieces and building blocks are there. So let's just try and build it and see what happens and the person goes all right well you'll build it and test it i go no, no we'll build it and then it's going to break and we're yeah. going to find all the ways in which it broke and then we're going to build it again <laughs> and the second one will work
1: yep, and that's sometimes it's much- really like
0: it's actually like well the sixth one is the one that did what we wanted <laughs> yes. and it doesn't quite look like the first one and that's okay
1: absolutely 100% the first one the first octopus outfit we made for Gaga we had a leak because it was inflatable we filled it up with air and we couldn't figure out I mean there was probably a 100 tentacles on this thing I have no idea how many and I had to put it in my bathtub inflated to see if I could find the air bubbles coming out but then when we found it we fixed it but then there was water stuck in the tentacles
0: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I, I was going to say, like, when you stick this thing in a big tub, because I used to work at <laughs> a bike shop years ago, and we would, like, drive ourselves crazy. Like, what, what is in this tire? What is doing this? And you'd you shove it in a tub of water and look for the bubbles.
1: Yep. yep. That's what we did. <laughs>
0: all right. So, the, you, have, you've, you told me before um, in the, the industry how this works. Like, how do you get all this amazing uh, PR? How does this work? so in the fashion industry
1: as soon as i started to get some traction with some celebrities i was approached by a pr firm in new york and what they do is they make sure that you get the credit that you deserve when celebrities wear your pieces so when you're reading a magazine and they name drop the designer that that celebrity is wearing that's a pr firm that makes that contacts the editor or the writer to make sure that that designer gets credit. So unless you have one of those, it's very rare that you will get credit in any kind of write-up. So I signed up with that agency, and then when I moved to LA, I decided to get another agency here so I'd have an East Coast and a West Coast rep making sure that I was getting all the credit. So all the press that I have um, that mentions Vex Clothing is all in results to those two PR firms.
0: What's interesting about your business is I I think you have done a thing I've heard referred to as uh, casting a a luck sale. So you have all these tremendous opportunities that have really just like fallen into your lap. You didn't reach out to them. They called you over and over. But it's because you have consistently put yourself out there and put yourself in a position where – you within your space you almost became inevitable like if the topic at some point within your industry if someone said latex your it was inevitable that your name would come up yeah and that's a tremendous thing to be able I, to do
1: <laughs> i know it's a little weird i don't think much of it it's just something that i do um i kind of like i've heard this reference the The last I don't know, probably a couple months, where it's called the imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome. We all have it. I totally have it. I totally feel like, how the hell did I get here, and why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and and that's probably crazy for some people to hear, but I just do it because I love it, and I'm good at it, and I I see other people, and I'm like, holy shit, they're they're amazing. <clears throat> how did I get here? So I totally have imposter syndrome. One hundred percent.
0: I think teaches us that it never goes away because you're no. telling us, Well, you know, I just <laughs> I worked really hard at what I love and people approached me and now I, I dress Beyonce and Lady Gaga in extraordinary clothes and you're like, Well <laughs> like, what? I mean at that point it's like, look, we'd have to give like we'd have to invent an award to justify <laughs> what you are and even then you'd be like, I don't know.
1: Yeah. 100 percent
0: uh i mean that's great i mean even people (laughs) are like freeing for a lot of people to hear
1: yeah and uh you know people are like oh what is it like to meet all these stars and i'm like i don't care i go in (laughs) i do i do my job and i i leave they're just I. you know i don't know i don't think much of it well it's probably a good thing and i think if you're a celebrity it's
0: a relief (laughs) yeah like oh thank god not another starstruck weirdo Yeah,
1: right. Well, I I did bring my assistant to Vegas to work on Gaga's show with me and I I, I looked at him and I said, please be cool. Okay, (laughs) (laughs) you gotta be cool because we're about to go do her fitting. Just keep it cool. (laughs) And he was he was good during the fitting. But I thought he after we left the room, I thought he was gonna pass out.
0: (laughs) Uh, The first time I met Leno, I basically was like, hi, and then ran away. (laughs) The second time I did much better. See, I, I
1: I'm totally cool. I just, I go in, I do my job, and I leave. You know, but it it is nice to hear. You know, when the celebrities actually look at you and they're like, "This is
0: amazing." Oh, that does have to be cool. Yeah, that's cool. That that that's the validation. That's the thing where that you have to look back at that and go, "Okay, clearly, I'm not an imposter at this point."
1: (laughs) I know. I totally think I'm still an imposter. (laughs) I don't know if that's ever going to go away.
0: So it it sounds like. a lot of like very traditional fashion PR uh, a lot of social media stuff its some, some content marketing has largely driven the success of your your direct to consumer business where like i could go I could go on, on vexclothing.com dot com right now it 's a shopify store I could see I could go through a gallery of all this this extraordinary stuff um, and then be able to purchase it for, uh, direct from the site for myself in case i 'm like I really need a latex choker, boom, I know where to get it absolutely is there is there, there more to it? Because what I love about this story is, like, you're just like, hey, I stuck to what I loved for decades, and it paid off. Like, are there, is there a missing piece? Are there hurdles I overlooked?
1: You know, it, every day is a hurdle still. Um, it's a lot. It's, it's a very demanding job, what I do. I mean, the turnaround time for a lot of these celebrity pieces are just a couple of days, sometimes just hours. So... There are some times where you're working days on end just to meet a deadline because they decided to change a color all of a sudden, or she decided that she was going to do a surprise you know, tour or anything like that, and I have to be available and ready to be creative at the drop of a hat.
0: And how does that... Do you manage it? Are you are able to pull it off? Does it stress <laughs> you out? I mean, I would just like... I would... <laughs> I I would have an addiction to Zantac because I, well, of the it's coffee.
1: Heartburn. It's coffee all day and then a drink at night. <laughs> That's like my standard. Um, my daughter was reading some sort of TikTok video that she saw about Zodiac signs. And she's like, the Virgo one says, Mom, and I'm a Virgo. She goes, that Virgos tell you they're not stressed when they're clearly stressed. <laughs> <laughs> she's like that is totally you i'm like it totally is so
0: but i think it, the advantage to that personality type where you you stress a lot it and you worry about the details it drives you you don't become complacent because you're always under okay. the state of you stress that's driving you to the next thing it could yeah, be a good I mean, thing
1: i can deliver something they could have worn it and i'm still stressed I'm oh, still geez. stressed about that outfit. Did did she like it? Did it did it hold up? Did you know anything? It's just constant, like you know. Ugh. Then sometimes you create these these craziness outfits that never get worn, never get to to see the light of day, which is kind of depressing.
0: That is the hard part. Yeah, I've certainly in the life of a a creative for hire the stuff that you build that was really cool and hard and then for one reason or another never makes it <laughs> into the wild you're like oh that oh, sucked
1: <laughs> yeah like, totally
0: you, you still learn from it you have that tool in your toolbox but it's it you're, yeah. you're always disappointed you're like yeah oh, my that one didn't didn't quite make it to adulthood
1: yeah totally i mean cuz as a creative you built it it's your baby and never got used. It's just sitting in a storage unit somewhere, rotting away. It's kind of sad.
0: Wait, is there one you could think of? There's like one, there's the one that got away? We just
1: finished an outfit for Gaga for a video, and it was this very elaborate design. And then the night before the video, they're like, so she wants it to be more simple and modern. Oh. can can you make something totally different in a totally different color? And I kind of looked at my, I have some freelancers that helped me out and there was four of them here and I told them you should have seen their faces. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, so we have to stop working on this one and make a whole other one, but the other one's simpler. So that's good. <laughs> Uh, but I did end up finish. I'm like, I have to at least finish this. We were almost done so I can photograph it so that one day, maybe, if she ever wears it, <laughs> I will have a picture of it. If not, I have a picture of it, just in case.
0: The you know, one thing that just occurred to me, since you clearly... You are, you are a celebrity within your own space. You have access to all of these household names and celebrities. Does this result in... In some weirdness, do you get crazy emails? Do you get friends who are like, can you introduce me to Gaga? Like, is that a, a an issue? I definitely get people asking
1: me for, like, tickets or, you know, my daughter. My daughter, <laughs> she's like, can I meet Gaga? I'm like, that's not how it works. <laughs> Although I did get to bring her to a Katy Perry fitting once. Oh. Um, but she was so busy on her iPad, she doesn't remember it.
0: Oh, jeez.
1: Right, I was like, out of all the times, <laughs> but she's still young, so
0: I'm yeah, that sure she'll like have my it.
1: kids. Uh, but I do get, a, and I get people contacting me, a lot of emails wondering if they can buy the clothes that the celebrities have worn, not knowing that I don't have them anymore. I don't yeah. keep their clothes.
0: <laughs> they have them. Yeah, so. they bought it. Like they weren't renting it. <laughs> Yeah.
1: So I get I get many of those emails. But you know what? I get more weird emails from fetish clients than I do from celebrity
0: followers. I can only imagine the bizarre <laughs> yeah. requests.
1: And and that's where my business is probably a lot different than most is that I have two totally I have the fetish clientele and I have the celebrity clientele, and then I have a lot of people in between. I am all over the spectrum, so I deal with a lot. I have a lot of issues that most people don't have to deal with. <laughs> like what? Um, well, you you get the creepy guy, or mostly guys. I I'm, but they are mostly guys that call and that they want to talk about what they're into Ugh. and how. How I can help them, and I, I have to explain to them that I'm not a therapy, you know,
0: service here. Oh, we actually geez. make clothing. <laughs> um, I mean, like, we we had, had, let your free flag fly, but <laughs> yeah, within reason.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Or you, we've had some weird guys that we had to block that would just call and like breathe heavily on the phone, <sighs> just just creepy stuff. Or people asking for creepy things that I'm like, i This is a fashion brand. Just because I use latex doesn't mean that I am creating these crazy sexual contraptions for your private life.
0: Like for you, it, it's a job and it's, it, it's fashion. For them, it's like a strange personality lifestyle choice. And they, yes. they project that onto you.
1: A little bit. I don't know if they just need somebody to talk to. Sometimes I'm not quite sure. It's like out of all the latex designers you could have called, why did you choose me?
0: <laughs> you know, honestly, I don't know that I would, I would have a phone number on my website. Or if I did, oh. it would just go to voicemail and it's like, look, we'll call you back now and it's so I could screen the calls.
1: Yeah, that's, it's hard because I'm trying to have great customer service, but also <laughs> I get a
0: lot of creeps. So what, what about this business today? Because it, it has grown into something quite extraordinary. What keeps you up at night about it now? Um,
1: keeping it going, making sure, because there's a lot of designers behind me that would love to take my place. Um, and that's very stressful. It's very stressful to constantly try and be creative and try and be the best. Uh, so that keeps me up at night. Uh, making sure that things are running smoothly, that I, 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 up until this point, I have never missed a deadline. I've never been late. Hmm. Um, and I I always, I will work 24 hours a day if I have to, to make sure that that happens. But yeah, but I keep that's, on track.
0: That reputation, that's the thing that's going to keep you on top. Because it's both the creativity, the quality, but also the professionalism. Like, they Absolutely. know they can count on you. And especially Absolutely. if it's like, if you're doing a video shoot, I mean, if you don't deliver. Okay, well, now you have 20 to 40 people standing around, potentially, yeah. getting paid to do nothing. Yeah. So you need like some real operators.
1: Yeah. It's a lot of stress. It really, really is. (laughs) And then when there's like January was pretty slow and I was like, this is it. We're drying up. (laughs) I'm never going to work again. And then for the last three weeks I've been on, I've been on set. I've been creating crazy outfits and not sleeping. And my husband's like, I thought you were going out of business. (laughs)
0: Well you I know what wrong. that is you, you mentioned like you'd learned um, about imposter syndrome not long ago the that mindset that you experienced um and I, re- I think everybody wrestles with this I know I do it's called uh recency bias, so the most you're not looking at the big picture, you're just letting like the most recent events color your vision of yep. your entire business, so it's like you had a few slow you had a slow week yeah. and then you that suddenly turned into well all of January is bad. Well, all of 2020 is bad. Well, now I'm going out of business. And yeah. really it was like, no, you just had one week in which people were like worried about Super Tuesday. And so yeah. they weren't emailing you, but they were going to get around to it, right?
1: Yeah. Well, I should have just been going on vacation and enjoying some time off, but that's totally not what I was doing. I was I was probably emailing you, what can we do to fix this?
0: I need help. But again, it's those the, the people who have that, that high stress personality are the ones that that get shit done because they you could either let that like you could either let the the anxiety paralyze you or you could use it to drive you forward and you have 100% consistently been able to use it to drive you forward
1: yeah i do i nothing i i have a lot of people telling me all the time how calm i am all the time because I am. I'm cool and calm on the outside. I, I, it's all inside. Like, go, go, go. Get it done. What do I have to do next? I have calendars. I have pieces of paper. I've got lists. I've got notes on my phones. I have reminders going off. Just so I don't forget anything. What? Well, sometimes I how still How else would you stay up. organized? I know. <laughs> and then sometimes I still wake up in the middle of the night and be like, oh. <gasps> I forgot to put a label in that jacket. (laughs) It's two o'clock in the morning. I've been sleeping for hours. Like why all of a sudden did my brain remember that I for sure forgot to put a label in that custom jacket we sent out?
0: (laughs) I, okay. I can't say I'm that bad. I've not had, I've not had those moments. So I'm somewhere in between. Um, if you had to do it again, what would you do differently? Like you've had a, a long career and you went uh, you built it slow and steady. Let's say you wanted to go back in time and tell yourself, "All right, here's how you shaved ten years off of this journey." What would you tell yourself?
1: I would have found a partner I totally would have, Interesting. that a business partner. what's hard for me is juggling the business aspect of it and the creative aspect of it because they're both very demanding parts of the business and sometimes I'm feeling that I am getting pulled in both directions and not getting everything done 100%.
0: So you'd want like someone to do operations and business development and someone to do and someone to be a creative director.
1: I would be the creative director. And you director. would be the creative director.
0: Okay. Yeah. I assumed yeah. I didn't want to um, <laughs>
1: yeah because everything, the aspect of the business, the website, the marketing, that's me learning as I go. And I've made a lot of mistakes because I went to art school. I didn't go to business school. I have no idea what I'm doing.
0: You think that. You have the experience in well, the new that says otherwise.
1: <laughs> now I do. But there was a lot of mixed, like, stupid stuff that could have been avoided if I had... The funds, or somebody that knew what they were doing.
0: Yeah, what's the most common question you get from people?
1: Why latex? Why but,
0: latex? I think we covered that. We
1: covered that already. That's always the question. Or do I see latex go? You know, being a fabric
0: more mainstream? Do you see latex <laughs> as a mainstream fabric potentially?
1: Um, I think it's always going to be more of an exotic fabric. It's not going to be denim. It's not going to be something that everybody wears to work. Uh, I think there is a time and a place for it. And I think more and more people are willing to dabble in it and try it out. Uh, So I think that's a positive aspect of it because it is, It's, it's a material like no other. And I say that because that's why I got into it. When somebody puts on latex, transforms the person Hmm. and i can't think of any other material that does that
0: if i wanted to be transformed i wanted that one secret (laughs) outfit where can i go to buy it
1: well my website of course which is vexclothing.com
0: there we go there's the plug vexclothing.com uh vexclothing.com and uh the vexclothing instagram i encourage you to check out both they're they're quite striking however they're both pg13 so i would not necessarily <laughs> say like fire that up in your cubicle don't do that uh but they are they're worthwhile especially the instagram or um, her celebrity galleries i mean really cool just to see like all of these celebrities you recognize in one place all wearing just really dramatic outfits
1: you make it sound so great.
0: It is so great. That's <laughs> imposter syndrome talking. Um, uh, certainly, I'm not dressing anybody in anything, let alone Lady Gaga. So I think I think it's pretty cool. The We'll leave it there. Laura, thank you so much. This has been fascinating. Laura, thank you. Of course. Thank you. Big news from our friends at Out of the Sandbox this month. Their newest theme just launched. It's called Flux. And it's for those of us who loved all the bells and whistles in Turbo, but thought, I need more of this. That's where Flex is a game changer for you. It can be configured in an endless number of ways, thanks to more layout and section options than ever, more granular control of settings, and easy addition of custom CSS through the theme editor. It's perfect for development agencies like ourselves, as well as e-commerce entrepreneurs like you looking to create a unique online store experience for your customers. Now here's the coolest part. Flex has a new Demo Shop Import feature that allows you to fast-track your shop setup based on any of 12 Demo Shops. You get all of the theme settings, layouts, content, and sections used in that Demo Shop of your choice applied automatically to your store. You can check Flex out right now at outofthesandbox.com. And if you like it, take 20% off the purchase price when you use code PODCAST20 at checkout. That's outofthesandbox.com and code PODCAST20.